With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Firestone Destination AT2. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin, TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, start it off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlansport.com. The Volume. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is bringing you, yes, an offer that'll help you win money in the NFL playoffs. New customers, bet five bucks. That's it. Five bucks. That's it. Five dollars. Any game and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Are you kidding me? I bet five. That's it. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. It takes 90 seconds and put in Colin, C-O-L-I-N. Easy. Peasy. New customers, five bucks. That's all you have to bet. And get $200 instantly in bonus bets only on the DraftKings Sportsbook. The code is Colin, C-O-L-I-N. And the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, KS, licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash basketball terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms and and responsible gaming resources. All right, Nick Wright, we try to bring him on as often as we can. So I'm going to start with something that um, I think you'll like. Okay, and I that's a great place story. to start. Yeah, I mean, why opposed to starting with something that really pisses you off? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, let's start off on a good foot. By the way, I've decided this podcast, I'm drinking wine. I've decided to go classy. I figure you're going some this hard liquor. No. By the end, you're going to be slurring. I'm going wine. I'm going Diet Coke. So. Oh, I'm drinking alone? Oh, that was not part of the deal. Now you're really going to have the, the upper hand by the end of this thing. But go ahead. <laughs> so um, I've kind of stayed out of all Aaron Rodgers' political opinions and vaccine. I can disagree with stuff, but I also believe... Aaron has a right to an opinion. I can disagree, a dissenting opinion. I don't really care. But I think there is a personality trait, a couple of them with Aaron that are fairly obvious. Number one, he doesn't like authority. He struggled with his parents, his brother, uh, Green Bay's front office. He he pushes back on the media, the government. That's okay. I mean, I, when I was a kid sure. growing up, that was known as the liberal, a hippie <laughs> in the 60s, <laughs> right? So I'm sure. I'm okay with that. The other one is Aaron is absolutely sure he's the smartest guy in the room. And, and it comes across in every interview. Think about this. Forget all the government vaccine stuff. Robert Kennedy, conspiracy theories. Look at his football decisions. He chose 
an offense, a defensive coach, not a successful offensive coach, because he wanted the Jets. He liked the Jets. They have one player, Garrett Wilson, that could start for the Packers. One. Green Bay has the friendliest offensive salary cap for the next five years. They're not paying either tight end. Five receivers. The offensive line, all five start over the Jets. Even Aaron Jones, to me, is a bigger, stronger version of Brees Hall. So his football decisions stink. That he really, really believed Jets is going to be a great fit. They have one player. If Garrett Wilson twists his ankle, they don't have a player that can start for the Packers. When you watch Green Bay beat Dallas, if you don't believe it's a fluke and you believe it's players, that game wasn't competitive. Green Bay is stacked with talent. Well, there's certain so there's a lot of Green Bay angles here to go to. There's a fun remind me once we get on with the Rogers stuff to ask you a Jordan Love question sure. that I was asked today. So, all right, you sat on the front end, don't care about Aaron Rodgers, you know, political opinion, stances, vaccine status. I I don't either. And he, in my opinion, uses that as a shield, meaning any criticism of him, he's like, oh, you don't like me. He is using the fact that some people criticized him about being unvaccinated. I think more people criticized him about lying about it. And then any negative attention he gets, he can be like, oh, that's not because you're actually engaging with what I've done. You hate me for this reason, which is just nonsense because Lamar Jackson's never been more popular. I don't think he was vaccinated. (laughs) Kirk Cousins is one of the most well-liked post-quarterback series. Oh, yeah. Quarterbacks in the league. I know he's not vaccinated. So it's not about that. But it is. this is someone who's, you know, in your life or someone that you know, a family member who's like, yeah, nobody invites me around anymore because they don't want to hear the truth. And it's like, (laughs) no, it's because you're an asshole. Like it's, it's not, it's not our failing. It's yours. So, so that stuff does irritate me. I'm not going to act like it doesn't, but as you cannot in modern America, not have people in your life that you love, care about, and spend time with that have different opinions on, be it COVID, the upcoming election, a lot of things. Like you, nobody is that in a bubble. So we all know how to deal with people we disagree with, some of the people we love and care about the most. So that's not it. Now you mentioned the football thing. So I think that was ego. I don't think it was purely I think the Jets are better than the Packers. I think it was he probably underrated what the Packers could be because they were mediocre last year with him, and he doesn't have the self-awareness to be like, well, I was mediocre last year. Like, you weren't getting A-plus Aaron Rodgers last year, and in fact, there was a great moment when he was on McAfee last season when I think it was after the first Lions game or something – when the Packers were before they had started winning those games where he just kind of says out of nowhere, he's like, yeah. And you know, my coach said that was my highest graded game of the year and a loss. And it's like, Oh, this guy just can't acknowledge that he might be part of their team struggling. So I think that's the first part of it. And the second part of it is, I think he thought, okay, well, it doesn't matter what the jets have. Once they have me, they'll be awesome. And I think 
That's one thing for Aaron to be that. And by the way, that might have been true a decade ago. It's not true at 39 in the AFC in that, you know what I mean, that division. But uh, it's another thing for the Jets a year into the experience. Now, they are not getting the Aaron Rodgers they thought they were getting, whatever they thought they were. They're getting a player a year older, off an Achilles, a year more removed from football, from good football. I mean, that game Jordan Love played was the best quarterback's Best quarterback play the Packers have gotten in a playoff game in seven years. Yeah. Look it up. That was the and now he played phenomenally. So that would that's a high bar. So I think it is ego and being delusional. Like I I know this probably makes you a little uncomfortable because I often use you when I'm talking to you in analogies. But I think, you know, you made a decision in your career almost a decade ago yeah. to go from a more stable place. Yeah. to not quite a startup, whatever it is. I would I would argue that would be maybe a poor decision for 70-year-old Colin Cowherd to make. Right. To be like, you know what? I'm, you know, I, I can carry and build this new thing. Aaron's 70 in football years. Yeah. To think I can, you know, go LeBron the Cavs the second time around this for the Jets. No, you can't. And so I just yeah, I think that I think the Jets are. I looked around the league. Mike Vrabel been to an AFC title game, gotten the one seed with Tennessee. Couple down years, not good enough. We got to move on. Bill Belichick obviously won six Super Bowls, went to nine, also went to the playoffs with Mac Jones. Two down years, not good enough. Got to move on. Uh, the other coach that was just fired. After two bad years, I'll remember it. It was uh, doesn't matter, but we're talking about, you know, all these coaches moving on. And then you look at the Jets who it's like, well, our coach wins 30% of his games, has two career wins against the division, has been there three years. Good enough. Let's stay there. You look at these coaches where it wasn't good enough. And then you look at Bob Sala, who they're like, yeah, let's run that back. And it's because that's what Aaron wants. And so then you do have to ask yourself the question, it, is what Aaron wants right now the best chance at win, winning or the most power possible? Do I want the best coach I can get or do I want a coach who knows the reason he has the job is thanks to me and yeah. therefore I run the whole operation? Yeah, I always feel in sports and in our business, it's wins. Like in our business, I don't care about anything other than in radio, my revenue is great right now, highest ad rates I've ever had. And in TV, my ratings are my highest. At the volume, we're crushing. Like to me, it's not about me. It's about the unit. If the unit's good, that exerts pressure on everybody around you because nobody yeah. wants to break up winning, <laughs> right? Yeah. If you're winning and, and, and your show, by the way, is doing great, nobody wants to screw that up, right? They want to extend it. So to right. Aaron... It, it's 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 really crazy. Did he have the forethought with all these super young players for Green Bay? He saw them. He saw Dobbs and Christian Watson. He knew they were talented. Did he not think, Jesus, if I hang around here for three years, you don't have to pay him. These are tremendous players. I mean, Aaron has to have some of like that, in the easier conference. And, 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 and a lot of, a lot of factors there. And so I, I don't think that, I don't think he thought those guys were that good. 
because they didn't succeed last year. And he can't, I don't think he has the self-awareness to be like, how much of that was on me? If you operate from a place of, I am always excellent. I am always producing excellence and the results aren't excellent. Then I think you're like, well, this place sucks. Listen, if Brady was in New England and they would have had Dobbs, Christian Watson, um, Jaden Reed this year, Musgrave, who I know Aaron didn't have, but yeah, but go ahead. Tom yep. wouldn't have left. Tom was too smart. Tom left. I remember specifically on the sidelines during a New England game when he yelled at the receivers, just get open. His yeah. problem was New England's last seven drafts with Belichick, two pro bowlers, one's a punter. Yeah. Tom would have stayed. He was frustrated. I was told he was frustrated for three years before he left. The idea, and by the way, where did Tom choose? Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Bruce yeah. Arians. Where did Stafford choose? McVeigh, Cooper Cup, Andrew Whitworth. Aaron literally left this bevy of super talented kids, saw them, knew, by the way, in the in the following draft, they were going to go heavy tight end. And it was, all you had to do was go to one mock draft. It was the best tight end class when he was leaving. And like in Green Bay, they drafted two, I think, but in the second round or third. So the takeaway is, did Aaron ever get out of himself and go, this is all about having the right pieces? When Peyton Manning and chose Denver, go look at their pieces, their O-line, their receiver, their tight end. It is remarkable that he didn't look at all that Green Bay talent that was on display Sunday. Now, some of it hadn't been drafted yet and go, God, look how good they are now. What are they going to be in a year? And so, all right. So then now let me ask you the, so I obviously, the podcast I do, I do uh, with my son and he about six weeks ago. So we watched obviously the Packers game on Thanksgiving together. And then I was shortly after Thanksgiving, I was in LA and he and I watched Packers chiefs together. And after that Packers chiefs game, he said to me, he's like, I'm going to be a Jordan love guy. I'm like, really? He's like, I, he's like, I think he can be awesome. And this was before he really got super red hot. And I was like, all right. He's like, he's going to be my guy. He's like, I'm going to plant my flag that that guy is going to be awesome. I like him. So right now he feels like the smartest guy in the world. He's like, I feel like I was the first one on it. So he asked me this question. He said, where does Jordan love fall in the NFC quarterback hierarchy going into next year? And I was like, oh, man. I was like, now you and I like Stafford. Well, I think Stafford is the greatest arm talent. Outside of Mahomes, he may be the best arm talent in the league. And and he's, god damn, he's tough. And (laughs) there's the, and so I, so I said, I don't care that he lost that playoff game. Yeah. I thought he played really well in it. I would say Stafford is one. Okay. After that. Oh, I would say, I I think Jordan Love, again, people are allowed new information. To change their opinion, new information. Sample size is is doubled from the midway point of the season, and now you can change it. Yes. 6'4", athletic, big arm, back foot thrower with ease, erratic, but so is Stafford. Like Burrow is rare. Most guys, it can be erratic. Most guys throw a lot of picks. The, yeah. the, and I so think, the I think number I mean, two so is in play. It's in play. Now, it's not now. a guarantee. It's in play. Go ahead. Okay. 
I love Kyler Murray, but I have to acknowledge he's 5'11", but I am a huge Kyler Murray fan. I think he's an, I think he's a better version of Russell Wilson in this product. So, yeah, with maybe, yeah, maybe not as good study habits and maybe a little more polarizing <laughs> at times, but sure, you like Kyler, but the point is Dak had a legitimate MVP case this year, and now that works against him. Because when you play that well, it's like Embiid to a degree. Embiid being this good in the regular season then being so undifferent in the playoffs consistently, all of a sudden, it's almost you'd be better off if you weren't quite as good in the regular season. Right, right, right. Because then you would you feel like the moment gets to him. So Dak's stock takes a massive hit. Jalen Hurts is worth a real discussion now as far as who is he. So did I do, when I talked to you today, did I do the Peyton Manning thing with you? No, no. Okay. All right. So people think I'm being unfair. I think people believe I'm being unfair to Jalen. But I'm going to talk about Peyton Manning for a second. Peyton Manning was the best player, was looked at as a no doubt NFL franchise quarterback in high school. Yeah. Won the Gatorade player of the year. Every step of the way at Tennessee, they're like, that guy is going to be the number one pick. That guy's a franchise quarterback. As a rookie, even though he threw damn near 30 picks, everyone was like, yep, he's got it. Second year, he was 13-3, and three, franchise quarterback. Third year, led the league in touchdowns and, and uh, yards, franchise quarterback. Fourth year was the playoffs, playoffs. He's 6-10, right. and 10, touchdowns are down, interceptions way back up. Did anyone in that moment say to themselves, oh, I think he's that guy versus who he'd been every step of the way up to it? No. Everyone's like, ah, weird year but I'm sure he'll be okay, right? That was right. what people, yep. th- maybe they questioned him in the playoffs or whatever. I don't even think that had really started yet. They were like, that guy is a franchise quarterback. Okay, what's the opposite of that? A guy who was a tweener coming out of high school. It's like, oh, we'll see. At college, is he a, yeah, I'm, we'll see. At a second college, and when we're talking about, is he a franchise quarterback? Eh, we'll see. In the draft, second, third rounder. As a rookie, eh, kind of a tweener. As a second-year player, eh, kind of a tweener. Third year, holy shit, this guy's awesome. He's in the Super Bowl dropping dimes. As a fourth-year player, eh, I don't know. <laughs> well, so now, now it's like, okay, if when a guy has a body of work of seven years of amateur and pro ball of being a clear-cut, going to be a franchise quarterback in one bad year, we don't say he's the bad version of himself. The guy's got six years of body of work of, I'm not sure if that's an NFL quarterback. And one year where you know he is, does that then make you pause for a moment? It does for me. It, it does for me a little bit. And so I don't, it's not that I think Jalen is like a bad player or was the biggest problem with Philly, but I do think there's, it is fair to question, will we look at 10 years into his career as last season as not only the best season he ever had, but an outlier as a year that he was not able to recapture? And if you're an Eagles fan, that's scary because they paid him based on that's going to be the standard, not the Super Bowl every year, but that's going to be the standard. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? 
I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah, like check out these hair plugs. I mean, don't just walk around, hey, tapping, you know, hey, <laughs> hey, stranger, I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Some people try to act like they, uh, you know what I mean. Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot? Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but. All right, so what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. Though. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I wonder sometimes if we don't give, so Marino had Shula, Brady mostly had Josh McDaniels. McDaniels, yep. Um, Be it quarterback or offensive coordinator, there's two things you have to get right in the NFL. Pittsburgh can't get either right, and they have a good head coach. Quarterback and OC, Um, because most offensive coaches don't call their own plays. So Pittsburgh can't get either of those right. They get everything else on the roster right, the culture, the toughness, the pass right, everything. Quarterback, they haven't had a good OC since Arians in 2011 and a good quarterback OC combined since that year. So do we ever consider, we know quarterbacks are more important than coaches and coordinators. But it is interesting when you start inspecting the great quarterbacks, like the great actors, They mostly work with the same writer or director, Bradley Cooper, Leonardo DiCaprio, Tom Hanks. They're like, yeah, I'm going to stick with that guy. You start looking at Aikman. You start looking at Fouts. You start looking. I mean, I'm talking legends. You start going through all these quarterbacks. Mahomes has always had Reed. That's his guru. That's his muse. You start looking at Jalen Hurts, and it's like. Well, Lincoln Riley and Shane Steichen, briefly, outside of that, like we even the great ones, even Mahomes without Andy Reid, if 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 he had uh, a defensive like right now, C.J. Stroud's tearing it up, but he has a very good Bobby Sloak. Yeah, he's got, and that guy's going to leave, right? And that you makes you worried. It does. No, no, I'm not. And I think C.J. throws a beautiful, effortless ball, but it is interesting that we all know we give quarterbacks 70-30 edge over coach. 
But I think if you went back and traced the top 30 quarterbacks of all time, and mostly now, they generally have a muse. They have a singular guy that sees the world like they do. And obviously, probably the most famous Montana and Walsh. And this is sneaky, an argument of that the best is yet to come for Josh Allen. Because he had it briefly in Dable. Yeah. And you saw the best of him. And then Dable left. And now, and even right now, it kind of feels like they're just having Josh Allen run with a governor on it. It's like, we don't know how to get the the 300-yard passing game without the turnovers. So we're asking for 200 yards passing, 75 yards, you kicking everybody's ass (laughs) running, and just don't turn the ball over. It's a weird... And, and that's a, go ahead. His weapons are better this year. I mean, James sure. Cook, the kid from Boise State, two years ago. So, to your point, it is less about Allen now, but some of that's stable. And it, it, I am not saying it's like I've had I've had twenty producers in my life, radio and TV, but I have probably my best one ever now. My show's always been better when I have my best one, but I've had you know I've had a fine career. Yes. And they're like you, Wilds and Broussard. It's just perfect chemistry. If one left, the show would still succeed. But there is a time in everyone's life when you have the perfect team. Perfect team, and, and you can feel it. And so, can, and there's you can feel it. And and, and so th- this is this is like sneaky an argument that is kind of an argument as to why it's so tough for defensive coaches to be the best hire you can make because yeah. like D'Amico, I think looks awesome. And I think that was a great hire. I think it's inarguable, but then what happens is, and we've talked to this before, your quarterback is going to be on an offensive coordinator conveyor belt, right? Because if you get a great one, he eventually leaves you. Yeah. If you get the wrong one, you have to replace him. Like I forgot. Oh, Seth Payne, who you played in the NFL for the Jags and the Texans, does radio yeah. in Houston. He tweeted not that long ago because he because he still covers the Texans now about everyone in Houston sad Bobby Slowick might get a job. And he's like, the dream is that your offensive coordinator that is great with your quarterback gets a job. If he gets a job that he flames out so spectacularly. He comes back. He can never, and he can never get another one. Because that, <laughs> that's what Josh McDaniels. Josh McDaniels thing in Denver was so bad, Brady got him for another decade yes. before the Raiders took a chance on him. In a, in a weird way, that's kind of what's happened with Spags on the defensive side in Kansas City. That's right. Spags' tenure as a head coach was so unfortunate that it's like, okay, I'm a lifetime D coordinator, and right. Andy's like, yep. I'm never going to have to worry about that side of the ball. And so it's a so, but because you're trying to like nurture these quarterbacks, like Joe Burrow, they're talking about the Callahan guy, Brian Callahan. I forget what's his first name. Bill Callahan. Uh, Well, I don't know if it's Bill or Brian. One was a father, one's a son. I assume everyone in the NFL is Bill's the old guy, the old line. Yeah. Brian's the, uh, yeah. Um, that he's getting head coaching jobs. So is Joe Burrow going to have to learn either a new system or is it going to be? So that's tough. Well, you, see, even when so, you have the offensive coach, like when B enemy left Kansas City, there's been some growing pains for Patrick. Yeah. Ideally, you want an offensive coach. You can win with a defensive coach, 
but you're going to go through offensive coordinators regularly. So yeah. ideal, D'Amico's winning, but they're going to have to hire a new OC within a year. What you want is McVay, who yep. has the ability as he changes an OC to kind of step in and kind of tweak it very quickly because these defensive coaches, Belichick, Brady laughed at Belichick. He didn't even know the language of offense and he's been a football guy for 50 years. So it is, I think Houston's fine and I think CJ Stroud will be fine. But I said that, how about this? I'll throw this out there. You'll think it's crazy. I said the comp for CJ Stroud was Jared Goff. And I had said on the air multiple times, nobody will acknowledge this. That's a good comp. I, I, I don't see juice with either, but I've always loved Goff. You've heard me. I love Goff. I yeah. think he's a top 10 guy. But Goff inherited a disaster. By the second year, he had McVeigh and Whitworth a left tackle. Stroud got the good coach initially and the good left tackle. If you go to Goff's second year numbers, they're Stroud's rookie numbers. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. See, so I don't, the, the comp there is tough for me just because Stroud has so much more juice in his arm than Goff does. And so, like, to me, the upside for Stroud is higher than Goff's ever yeah. was. But um, that was Lance Zerline, had- a Houston guy that made the comp. And and he said, listen, after the Georgia game, when C.J. Stroud ran, it's like, there's your juice. Like Herbert in the Rose Bowl. Oh, he can run too. But the comp is really good pocket throwers, really accurate, better in the pocket than moving, though they can move. But it is interesting. Goff's second year coach left tackle and a couple weapons. They're the same numbers. Actually, I think he has a few more touchdowns Goff second year, but it's just Goff inherited nonsense. And I did, and I said, Goff's not good enough to overcome nonsense. And I said with, 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 with Stroud, he's not good enough to overcome nonsense. He didn't inherit nonsense. <laughs> great OC, great left tackle, good weapons, good coach. So we still don't know the truth of that. It's easy to say, well, Stroud's amazing. But D'Amico Ryans was so good. I remember talking to somebody inside the Niners. They're like, we made this guy like defensive controller. By the next year, like, should we make him coordinator? He was there for like an hour and a half. Like, D'Amico well, was a rock. Listen, I was I was in Houston covering the Texans when he was a player. When he was a player, people said he's going to be a head coach. Yeah. Like, the, and the, the I'll get another, I forget who tweeted it. But somebody tweeted, I think if I owned an NFL team, and I was interviewing for head coaches, I would only interview nerds or linebackers. It's like the <laughs> it's like the the play, like people love Antonio Pierce. Rabel's been good. Uh, D'Amico's been awesome. And then like there's the Mike McDaniel, Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, like I'm a genius at 28 years old. I can figure right. it out. He's like, those are the two lanes, either a linebacker and Dan Campbell's not a linebacker, he's a tight end, but he's kind of a linebacker at heart, yeah. like a linebacker mentality or a nerd. I loved it. You know, um, one of the things that I, uh, and I think we both like this sort of the theories of sports. I, 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 um, I find Lamar Jackson fascinating and there's, there's so many comps with Lamar, but I think what I like most about Lamar is that your opinion of Lamar will tell me everything about you, the person, because in order to love Lamar, you can't be rigid. You have to accept initial opinions are wrong, including your own. Because Lamar is now an elite pocket passer. Lamar wins 80% of his games. Lamar and Josh Allen, Mahomes is maybe the more refined quarterback. Lamar and Josh are the hardest players to frankly defend because 
when they want to run, it's kind of, you can't do anything about it. They're bigger, faster, stronger than other people. And that what's fascinating about Lamar, when people tell me they don't like Lamar, it doesn't tell me anything about Lamar. It tells me about the person that you struggle with change, that you struggle with things that aren't conforming to your initial view. If you go into Lamar, this, this whole thing about the pocket quarterback, if you watch football, you can't tell me he can't throw from the pocket. He doesn't have his top tight end. It's OBJ, a rookie, two, a rookie and a second year guy. He literally is so dangerous that San Francisco's Warners and Bosa's and Chase Young's are afraid to rush him. Is that Lamar is a classic. It's, it's, it's like, if you tell me you vote for Trump, I don't need to know. I can kind of frame who you are and what matters to you. If you tell me you don't like Lamar, it's like they used to joke, every sports writer ever loves Springsteen. <laughs> Right. Like I I think they, yeah, it's a profile for it. And so it is funny with Lamar. When I watch him play, I can't imagine not saying that's one of the top three, three guys in the league, but it is amazing how many people still struggle with him. Well, I think it's two things. One is I think you're right. Like there is a level of, uh, either rigidity or I'm convinced it's not the same. But it's people who even, you know, two MVPs and a championship in were like, ah, not sure about Steph Curry. Not sure if that can win in the NBA. It's like, oh, that couldn't (laughs) win in the NBA that you that used to exist. And that maybe you wish came back. But in today's NBA, that can be one of the three best players in the league, that style, that bro, right. that, that thing. And you just don't want to accept that the world or the game has changed. That's the right. Lamar thing is almost as felt for his whole career, a little more nefarious. There's almost a level of, it's not just that he's black, but it's that the way he carries himself and that he is so unashamedly himself that some people have been like, I, I don't want, that guy to be the best play, the best quarterback in the league or the MVP in a level that other black quarterbacks didn't threaten them the same way, like Mahomes or other guys that they were like, okay, no, no, no. Yeah, that's, that's more okay. So there was, to me, always a level of that. But then there also is the level of people have a really hard time doing what I think you do really well and some for somehow people give you shit for it, which is, hey, guess what? Changed my mind. Like, hey, I thought this is I, I watched yeah. more games, I saw more things, and I've changed my mind on something. And so I think there were a lot of people that planted their flag. This guy is just an athlete, not a quarterback. And then any evolution he makes, they won't give him credit for, won't want to. Now, I want to be clear. Like, I thought. I was skeptical that the offensive coordinator change was going to work. I yeah. thought in the loaded AFC, the Ravens could miss the playoffs. It's not like I've been like, oh, my God, he's going to have this monster year. But as he was having it, I was not in denial that it was happening. <laughs> I wasn't like, no, I mean, I, you know what? I think it's Isaiah likely carrying him. <laughs> it's like I watched the games. Like there is – I, because there's another quarterback that I think is almost the inverse, which is – I think that people deep down don't think is good, but are either afraid of going against the numbers or they think it's mean. And so they lie to themselves. And that's Tua. I think that there is a level of 
if you watch a lot of football, you're like, well, he's a small, doesn't have a big arm, is not, if he is athletic or he's not, it doesn't really matter because unfortunately he can't really run because he can't get hit because of the concussion stuff. Um, and he needs everything perfect, perfect for it to work, including everything the weather, perfect, so it, it, everything people. It was, I, I've never heard such a thing in the NFL where people just basically, and I think they were serious. were like, yeah, I know the chiefs beat an 11 win team by 19 points, but you got to almost put an asterisk on it. Cause it was fucking cold. And they're like, <laughs> and we all know Miami's can't deal with that. Like they came from. Venus. And it's like, like, it's like, oh, it's not fair. This is not their climate. It's professional football players. But by the way, not wrong. It's like, you're correct. Can't deal with it. So all these things. But there was to me a push, especially about midway through this year, where folks in our profession would do almost this rhetorical thing. Well, what more do you want him to do? Leads the league in passer rating, leads the league in this stat. What more does he have to do to convince you? And I would listen to this and I'd be like, okay, either one of two things. Either you're just doing, uh, you know, a captain easy stance. Like this will be a popular opinion. Miami fans will be happy for me. Or you, I feel, have a fundamental misunderstanding of how football works. Because what I want him to do is something I think he's physically incapable of doing. Incapable of doing. Which is be one of the eight to 10 human beings alive that when shit is bad and you have to just make it happen, you can. Yeah. And we know he can't. Right. And so there, the, it's like, what can he do? Unfortunately, the answer is nothing. Like nothing. Like there is not. And people would try to be like, oh, you're underrating the what he does with his eyes and how he moves defenders. And I'm like, you're just bullshitting. Like you're just saying all these things because you agree with me that if a game comes down to can you make the throws, you don't have the guy. And so, and then after this playoff loss, and this is what would just kill me if I were Mike McDaniel. After the playoff loss, some of the narrative switched to, okay, guys, I know he's smart and I know he gives good quotes, but how much blame should Mike McDaniel get here? And my response would be, if I'm him, like, okay, so now... Because I have gotten the absolute most anyone yeah. could ever get out of this quarterback. Now it has turned into, it's my fault we didn't go further because you've tricked yourself into thinking we have someone we don't have at quarterback. Right. Like, why do they fall apart once the weather changes and the teams get better? Because our quarterback can't throw it 30 yards in a stiff wind. That's right. And everyone knows it. Yeah. Everyone knows it. No, it is the, the media can be protective on that. I mean, it, it's it's kind of what the media does. Like I, John Stewart said this years ago, uh, the, the, just enough conservatives are just enough right when they say the media is in the bag for the left. There's just enough examples where you're like, yeah, well, it, you kind of. It's like they the, the media oversteps places that it shouldn't, you know, overstep. And I think sometimes the media is protective and they choose. And I think two is one of those. Everybody feels bad about the concussions. He's a kid of faith. He's a nice, I mean, he's a really nice kid. He's an easy, easy guy to root for. And he's not the problem with the, it's not like I'm saying this guy's a bum. This guy shouldn't be in the league, but if I had a real problem just reconciling with people that I like and respect their opinion, we're like, I think he's the NFL's MVP. It's like, come and I'm on. like, what are you? What are you, you doing? And 
if if there was an anonymous team vote, do you think that he has 10 guys on that team that vote for not for the league MVP, for Dolphins MVP <laughs> that vote for him over Tyreek Hill? Like, no, you don't. And it's not even that you can't win with him. It's that everything has to be perfect. And the guys that it's not a long list of guys that things don't have to be perfect for. But those are the guys that have not all the value, but a wildly disproportionate amount of the value when it comes to who can win this time of year uh, in the NFL, especially right now in the AFC where weird things going on, where in the NFC, you don't really have to deal with bad weather. Because it's domes and warm weather cities. It's LA, San Francisco, Detroit, Dallas, Tampa, I guess, Domes are warm weather. The only good outdoor teams are Philly and Green Bay, and they didn't have home field this year. In the AFC, the only good dome team is Houston yeah. and Miami. I, Miami's warm weather, but then it's Cincinnati, Buffalo, Cleveland, yeah. Kansas City, Baltimore. So if you're going to try to win in the playoffs and you're in the AFC, you sure shit better be able to go out in the cold outdoors in January. And in the NFC, you can build a track team, be like, we're probably going to be indoors the whole way anyway. That's right. The volume. Open a limited time 11 month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus, it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.orgslash CB for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.